Bonisa and I'm the moderator for today. I'm kind of nervous about it because I don't like moderating stuff. It's not obvious at all, girl. Like, girl, you're doing a girl, great I job. I can. <laughs> so, yes. Um, hi, listeners. Welcome back to K-Pop and Your Cherry. Woo! And just to recap, the past two episodes, we talked about, we gushed, actually, about uh, our favorites in the K-Pop world. It feels so, like four episodes, actually, if you think about it. Yeah, four episodes worth, but in number only two. I mean, um, not technically. At the moment, two episodes. So, guys, I'm so nervous. Okay, so before I forget, let's talk about this new thing that we started, our mood playlist. So I'm handing it over to Tata Meg. Go, Meg! Okay. Um, I feel like... Well, I don't make a secret of the fact that I like making playlists, which isn't to say that I'm good <laughs> at curating playlists. I just really enjoy it. And I just, I really push that playlist agenda, you know, um, because I think, you know how sometimes or before you keep listening to a song that you like until you get tired of it, right? Or you, before I would lump songs that I liked together, even if, they, they're not connected at all. And then immediately I'd find myself skipping certain songs. And I don't like that. I don't like skipping. So the key to not skipping songs or to making sure you don't get tired of songs is to curate your playlist so it can be based on like mood or or um, the vibe or if it sounds the same, even if the story tells is not, even if it doesn't make sense. I saw recently people joking about it on Twitter. They're like, you can make a playlist for literally anything. And then someone took a screenshot. There's a playlist on Spotify called Dynamite, but Namjoon's cheating. So it's like Dynamite with a bit of Beyonce songs or Rihanna songs. Like It was so funny. Like, the make, you can make anything. So Isn't this, this the, I- the weird Spotify playlist account on Twitter? Yeah, there's that too. They make the weirdest things. Um, walking your dog at night, but you're being stalked by a duck. Something like that. I mean... I don't know that that exists, but it should. So we thought we'd try something like that. And we were like, how are we going to decide a theme or something? So we decided, okay, let's randomly generate emojis. And the first uh, emoji set that we came up with was the quarter moon. Is that the quarter moon or the crescent moon? Sorry. And um, a badminton racket (laughs) and then the shuttlecock. So we're like, okay, night games. I don't know. So I want to ask each of you first to give just like a one sentence interpretation of the emojis. Like what was your thought? Like immediately what kind of songs did you pick? How about, how about Bon first? Because yours were the most, they were the most challenging. I'm sorry for challenging you, but at first I was thinking of like a seductive kind of vibe to it. So I was like looking randomly at K-pop playlists and then I came uh, across Wrap Me in Plastic by Momoland in Chromance. Mm. And I was like, hmm, this kind of sounds like a morbid kind of thing, like mm. wrap a body in plastic. So that's when I started thinking, oh, it's going to be a night murder. And then the other songs came to mind, like um, Killing Me by Icon, Drunk Days by Enhypen, 
Pain or Death by Samuel So. And for Hua, it's the sound of it, it's kind of mysterious for me. So Hua mm-hmm. by G Idol. Yes. Yeah, those were my choices. Okay. And see, it was interesting for me because the first thing I did was so we got our five songs and then I listened to each of the songs um, per chunk. So like everyone's five songs first. So I go from like happy or light and then suddenly when I got to one's part, it's like, okay, anong nangyayari? So it was very interesting, but I like the songs you picked. How about, how about Benj? Really bad Benj. Can you tell me what your thoughts were? How you yeah. Actually, you know, to be honest, the the vibe I got from this reminded me of our level in Super Mario Odyssey. So, hello, gaming nerds out there. I got this vibe that was like, you're you're by the sea, you're relaxing by a boat. And like, the badminton, like to me, I interpreted it as like a rich people activity, like, rich people activities. It's like you're, you're on a yacht and you're just like chilling, like in the sea. So, I picked mostly like very chill songs. I think the least chill song I picked there was uh, Mago by G-Friend. But that to me like mm-hmm. signified... Like the end of the night, right? Because it actually kind of does in the term of G friend. Oh, I'm so sad. Look, I made myself sad with that. But <laughs> no, I, I picked like very chill songs. I wanted to end with Moonlight Melody by RV because, yeah, it was a Moonlight Melody legitimately. But the rest of the songs were uh, Conversation by Twice. They were just very chill, very, again, like I would say kind of like the things that you would listen to when you're in a yacht. And I don't know what that feels like because I'm not rich, but that's the kind of vibe that I really wanted to try. (laughs) That's how I imagine it would sound. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, you know, um, I did get that vibe from the songs you picked. And actually, so you mentioned how Mago was the one that's a little different. In the end, it worked well with the songs that Yvonne picked. So It really did, actually. I really enjoyed seeing how our songs would fit together. Now, can you tell me what you were thinking or how you interpreted emojis because I think that your interpretation was probably the closest to mine parang dun ko nakita na hey it jives really well so can you tell me what thinking um mine was pretty basic like the idea was um when it's at night and can't sleep and then you have different thoughts going back and forth um, it's a little romantic. Like, the idea is a romantic night. And the badminton was the back and forth of ideas in your head. Yo, that's really smart. That's so good. I didn't think of that. The back and forth. I love that. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, like, mine started with Sleepless by Standing Egg. So, the idea is, like, you're looking at... You can't sleep and you're looking at someone who's sleeping, someone you like, ganon. So, like, it uh, started from there and then it went on with... Um, daybreak by newest because you know um it it's all about the romance in my head so it's daybreak by newest um comes and goes by Hyoko it's the idea of there are things that you think about and then galaxy ball four and yesterday by Shia Junsu so you know it's the romance it's the thinking about what when you're at night can't sleep yeah that's, that's basically it yes okay so so nice and so our interpretations were pretty uh similar well first of all i think part of me went very literal at first because the first song i picked was moon by by Jin bts i was his solo and then i did strawberry moon by twice because i was like okay let's put in these moon songs and it doesn't it does it helps but not doesn't help it helps that they have like a similar sound and then um the other songs i picked were also kind of upbeat so i have soul 
by RM and how do you pronounce this? Hon? H O N N. I don't know how to pronounce. Sorry, dude. Anyway, <laughs> and I picked Rain again tomorrow by Epic High. And lastly, Never Gonna Come Down by Mark Tuan and Bibi. This came from the Shang-Chi soundtrack. So um, it was nice at first when I was listening to everybody's songs and I had like a list. I had notes. I was writing down, okay, this song can go here, da 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 da. And the common theme that I picked up from most of the songs, there were quite a few, was um, sleeplessness. Nga. Jo, yours and mine had a lot of that unable to sleep. And love, of course, you're like falling in love or feelings and stuff like that. And then those things, the sleeplessness and then the love got me thinking of, have you guys watched Sleepless, the 2015 indie Filipino film? It's starring Liza De Castro. Um, and let me see who directed this. Anyway, I watched that. I watched that maybe 2015, 2016. I was lucky enough to watch it in UP and then there's like a Q&A after with the writer and the director. It was really, really good. Starring Liza De Castro and Dominic Rocco. Yeah. So, um, parang the, the, the theme of the movie, without giving away too much, is they're two insomniacs living in the city and then they find each other. Uh, it's not quite a love story. Without spoiling too much, that's all I'll say. So that's kind of what I started building the playlist around. So that's why I started with Soul by RM because it's really just about Soul. It's like really just an ode to Soul. It's like, okay, I'll, you know, that's how I will um, introduce the setting. And then I went into Rain Again Tomorrow by Epic High because that came from their, their album Sleepless, which is all about being unable to sleep. And then, um, by the way, the transitions of like the stages in, in the playlist, it's not super smooth, but I feel like you can think of it as chapters, you know, like when you're just jumping um, or switching through chapters. And then after that setting the scene of being sleepless, of being in the city, I jumped into, it's a whole chunk of, of love songs or of discovering love. So you have the first few, um, siguro, like early stages, having a crush. You've got Strawberry Moon by Twice. You've got Never Gonna Come Down in Conversation by Twice. So a lot of, oh, okay, will they, won't they? Or parang, okay, it's about time to, to admit feelings, stuff like that. And then it was uh, a long, a long, uh, like four or five songs of being in love already. So you have Love by Mamamoo. You have Daybreak by Nuis. I really like Daybreak, Jo. And then Moon and Galaxy, Jo. I really like Galaxy. I ended up adding it to my own, my universe playlist. Because I was like, okay, Galaxy, it's perfect. And we've got Sleepless by Standing Egg. So as you move on to this part of the playlist, the, the, the protagonists in our story, they're still unable to sleep. But instead of at the start, they weren't able to sleep because of maybe anxiety or the back and forth of the thoughts. Now, suddenly, they're unable to sleep for happier reasons. So um, a few of the songs actually had lines like that. Like, Strawberry Moon has um, a line that's really talking. Oh, here, my heart is beating so hard, I can't sleep. And then you have Daybreak. I think there's also a line here talking about um, having difficulty sleeping or something about a dream and then you've got galaxy where um it mentions sleep again and even sleepless like you mentioned earlier it's like you're unable to sleep but it's because of love you're looking at the person you're in love with so it's like a shifting also of 
of where you're at. So still sleepless, but the bad least it's happy. And then um, I went with comes and goes. Joy, you were mentioning this is about like thoughts, the right? And then I kind of looked into the lyrics and the, the, what I got from the lyrics a bit is like um, kind of looking back to a time in the past. I think it's more like childhood, right? But then I tried thinking about how it would fit into this story, into this narrative. as like, okay, maybe you're looking into the past from before, before the person found their significant other kind of reminiscing. And this is when Yvonne's um, songs finally came in into the dark, the dark part of this love story. So I started with Drunk Days by Henry Penn and I watched the music videos. I go, oh my gosh, dark pala nito. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to spoil that. You guys should watch the music video. But I I looked into the lyrics or like the meaning behind the video and then what it, what I found said, because um, there's like vampire elements about the video, it's it's like, it's a little graphic also. So if you're, if blood, if the sight of blood, even fake blood makes you queasy, maybe don't watch this. But the the symbolism for it was more like, um, it's not what you expect. You know, you thought you 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 went into something expecting something different and it turns out to be darker. So maybe as the people in our narrative are starting to, or I mean, as they're going deeper into the relationship, maybe it's not what they expected. Maybe they're finding out these parts of each other they don't necessarily like. And then I got to wrap me in plastic. So you're right, Yvonne. It's it's so dark. When I was listening to the lyrics, I go, oh my gosh, bakit yung lyrics nito? Kasi it's got like, I, what are the lyrics? There's something about I can call you master, stuff like that. It's like, why is there like a possessiveness to it? But somehow it fit with the idea of a relationship going sour. And then I looked up the song. So apparently the original song was released in 2017 by Cromant and Mark Layton. And then um, it was covered or I guess Momo landed a new version. And then their music video um, kind of rework the concept or made it new because if you watch the music video they did it's so it's an animated girl who depends on like the internet on social media for for validation to the extent that she misses out on her real life relationship with with her significant other so I was like okay that fits into the story but maybe the people <laughs> the people in our story the people in our playlist um it's not working out anymore right so their breakup happens off screen that's why we suddenly go into killing me uh, by Icon, because this one is parang post-breakup, and then he's lamenting the breakup, or he's looking back at it, he's not happy. So, suddenly, in, this, in the latter part of the playlist, I can see it going two different ways, which maybe you can see that's the two different people in the relationship. So, you've got the first person going the route of Yen, killing me, and then you've got yesterday, Yesterday's not actually a sad song, right? It's a very thoughtful song. But then because of the title yesterday, I thought, okay, we can use it as like the person just reminiscing like, oh, before, this is what we had. This is what we could have been. And then also pain or death, which was very sad as well. So I, the way I saw it, was this person left the relationship suddenly regretting the breakup, feeling sad, looking back. On the other hand, you have um, Mago Hua, the happier songs, which when I looked at the lyrics, it's more like empowering, na learning to love oneself again. And then especially Hua was about, um, when I looked at the lyrics and the meaning, it's something about 
Healing from Heartbreak, Coming Up Strong, where it was an empowerment song. And then Benz, I had a hard time figuring out where I wanted to fit weekend because I wanted, it's like, should it go at the start, like, happier? But then I add, chose to add it here, the end, because, like, okay, this is the other person who who's happier now that they're free. And then I chose to end the Moonlight Melody because it's a very, well, one, it fits the, the theme, the emojis perfectly. And I really like, when I was reading the lyrics, because there's, there's an aspect of it that's reminiscing, right? The past. So it's like this other person gets to look back at the relationship fondly, but not regretting it. Na parang, okay, it was good, but then they're not the ones who were broken up about it. So that's how the playlist ends. And that's the story. I had so much fun making it, you guys. You know, I hope you have like, I hope you keep having fun because I had like a really good time figuring out when I looked at the songs, I was like, how in the world are you going to fit all of these things together? Because mine was so chill and Yvonne's was so, so dark. explosive and Jaws was like, Jaws wasn't exactly chill or explosive, but it also was, it also was like, oh, there is like something interesting going on with this back and forth. So in my, in my mind, and then you had your song, so it was like. I, I'm so excited to hear the story that you guys can make with a playlist and it inspired me to like okay great let's make Meg's life harder next week with even more crazy songs <laughs> actually yes. when, I first, when I first looked at your choices all crazy stuff know, yeah I didn't know how I would do it but then when I was listening I go, oh the story comes out and it's nice to see how you all interpreted it so it's okay if if you pick trickier songs next time I will gladly welcome the challenge I'm up for it thank Yay. you so this that's is it. that was so fun. I want to do this again. I'm excited <laughs> yeah. for this thing again. Yeah, and this week's emojis. I'm gonna generate it again. Right, you know Hope that. Come up. This is a great segment. With the oh good, no! The good ones. <laughs> Avon, how's your internet? Why? Is my oh, internet oh, sucky? But then it, it's so kind of like it. chopping, you know. Do I go? <laughs> okay, so there we go with Meg, <laughs> with our mood playlist and our. Uh, in-house curator Maggie Tata Meg. So this week, uh, the title of this week's episode is Power Pop Girls. So if you haven't figured it out yet, we are going to talk about girl groups. My time so to shine, let's go! Yes, it's Benja's <laughs> time to shine. And just a disclaimer, we are not really experts on the topic. We're not gonna pretend that we are. <laughs> We're just gonna talk about girl groups. So we're not entirely sure where this conversation is gonna go, but uh, why don't we start off with Bench, really bad Bench. Why do you love girl groups so much? Alright, for those that are uh, on the video version of this podcast, I will give you guys a treat. Something came in my mail today. This is the Reva Festival Day 2. Maybe in like five minutes after I give this introduction, we can open it up and let's see my reaction to what's inside. But I've recently, if you really check out my... Um, the actual physical albums I own, or literally any Spotify playlist I've made. I think I have like two songs by boy groups, but the rest of mine is really on girl groups. And I feel like, I'm not sure if I want to say this is a stereotype with guys who are into K-pop. It kind of is, actually, if you think about it. But for me, it's very simple. There's a lot of reasons why people like girl groups. It's It could be because they're interested in their concept, whether they're... I don't want to like create a dichotomy if you have to be cute or you have to be girl crush because there's not there's a lot of things that can be considered concepts that people like there's even the empowering or even very i don't know how to say this without breaking our clean filter there's a very sensual and 
Guys, give me a word that for what I'm trying to say without saying the word that I'm thinking of. Because, no, this is the thing. There are girl groups with that concept of very strong femininity in that direction that I'm not gonna actually say because I don't want to get cancelled. Bingo. <laughs> there are girl groups that go with very dark concepts. There are girl rock groups, actually, like Yvonne was mentioning. You know, when she was denying her K-pop face. No, this is K-rock. No, there is actually, like, a K-pop uh, girl group that is focused on rock. There are K-pop girl crush groups, and even then, there are segments. There are I am a very strong, empowered person segment. There's also the I love myself segment. There's also just the don't mess with me segment. There's a lot of things, right? So, I'd like to just like preface this discussion with saying that I feel like we kind of categorize girl groups as two subgenres when in reality it's a wide range of concepts. And I think that's what makes it interesting. Personally speaking, I prefer girl groups just because my biggest thing in music is melodies, is vocals, is always on how good I think the voices sound. And I feel like in K-pop, that's where my interests lie. I'm not into like a lot of heavy rap. Even if girl groups do have rap, it's not very intense. It's not, I don't want to say this without offending anybody, but yeah, that's just what I'm trying to go for. That's not my taste. That's not my taste in music. My taste would really re rely on, does it sound like soothing? Is it very melodic? And I'm not saying boy groups don't have that, especially SM groups or other boy groups. There are a lot of really good melodies as well. I just feel like in terms of my taste, I would really lean towards how girl groups sound. And if you see the artists that I listen to, like a quick check on my Spotify would say, aside from Red Velvet, there's Twice, there's Idol, there's G-Friend, there's Everglow, there's uh, Izzy One, there's Stacy, Espa, Afters, uh, Weekly, and even like the... What do you say? The old, the old generation. I have some Wonder Girls, some SNSD, maybe a Tuna One song. It's always revolving around girl groups, and I really feel like it's just it attracts a lot of different people. But to me, it's the vocals. But of course, there's always the visual component, and we can't really deny that that's a thing in girl groups. The visuals, the dances. I think the choreography also kind of differs with a girl group as well, and even within girl groups. You have different styles of choreography if you think of TWICE, if you think of BLACKPINK, if you think of ITZY, or any other group, or ESPA. These kinds of things really do make a huge difference. But in my mind, that's just why I prefer girl groups. Okay, this is coming from someone who actually liked Linkin Park when we were children. <laughs> you, you, you know, I was thinking about this last night. Uh, my cousins were over and we were watching uh, music videos. And you know that meme on TikTok that basically goes, How did I go from this to this? To this. It's like, I was, I was really wondering, like, when I was a kid, my favorite artists were Linkin Park, Fall Out Boy, Green Day. When I was a teenager, I branched out into, like, Metallica, Iron Maiden, things like that, Slayer, Black Sabbath. And then in college, I, I kind of laid low from like listening to a lot of music. I still went on my rock phase. But when I started becoming an adult and like working, I leaned towards listening to Taylor Swift, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, Lord, Lana Del Rey. These were the artists that I actually listened to. And the concert that I had, Katy Perry, yeah, I forgot to mention that. But the artist that I really like loved the most before I ventured into K-pop was Carly Rae. And I feel like that's where I got my entire taste when it comes to K-pop also. The very, 
wide spectrum of both bubblegum but also very ballady songs that you get from Carly Rae. In fact, like I just I know Meg, we were in the same concert also and we had the time of our lives there, even if we didn't even know each other was there, but yeah, that yeah. was the kind of music, right? <laughs> yes, and I'm so not to plug well, always to plug Tita Carly, <laughs> but I'm so glad you so glad you went. That's like one of my most cherished memories now that we're still in the pandemic. I still look back at those videos and like, oh I should have I should have gone to more concerts. Yeah. <laughs> When I, when I look back at that concert, I'm thinking, oh, I hope I can go to a Red Velvet concert. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, like Yvonne said, I used to be that guy that was, I don't want to say sad boy, but I mean, come on, we were all like cringy children before, but <laughs> I used to be that guy who was like, oh, only Linkin Park understands the way that I feel. The music is, and not to this Linkin Park, I still love them, but like, I feel like my music tastes have really evolved and now me really standing girl groups. And I feel like it's it's a weird progression, but I'm glad we're here. Yeah, we're glad you're here with us, actually. Very glad and, because you're you and Meg were the ones who actually started the conversation into making a podcast. So I'm glad that you transitioned from your sad face to this face you are in now. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. Speaking of how we decided to make this podcast, it's I mean. It fits the theme for today. Should we tell them how we got, how we started? Oh my yeah, God! Oh this, this is okay. So this is in relation to. Oh my God! We're actually gonna get canceled for this. Yeah. Oh no! Anyway, no, you not, can cut it. Cut it. No, 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 we're not getting. We're not gonna cut this. I feel like it's a nice story to tell, no. and then we are on the topic of girl groups, especially in girl groups. I I know, right? Especially with girl groups, I also think that tastes are very different also like mm -hmm. my favorite girl groups aren't necessarily a lot of people's favorite girl groups and every, and like the most popular girl group is actually a gr group that i don't listen to or music doesn't particularly speak to me i know right super shocking and Yvonne is like bonice is like don't you dare talk about my girls that way no. <laughs> 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 so i'm afraid of tell I'm, I'm, I'm too scared to tell the story now should we go for it Go for it. Go for uh, it. Okay. Okay. So, but yeah, basically, um, um, for anybody that doesn't know, as much as I love girl groups, I actually don't listen to Blackpink, and I'm very, very particular about saying the words "don't like" or "don't listen to" simply because I don't want people to attack me. But no, I, I, I also feel like this opens a discussion for this is what people have different tastes in, and I don't really think that the music is bad. Because no, I, music is subjective, and it's not objectively bad either. And if it speaks to you, then more power to you. Um, I respect your music decisions, because I know that my music choices aren't also everyone's cup of tea. But I also recognize that it's really a matter of taste, right? So when there's a really popular song that comes out, and it's by a very empowered group or a very small group, it, it really depends on like how I feel like it should be received. But those are my personal feelings. But the reason this podcast started was that we do have a group chat, right? Like, before this group chat, we had, like, another group chat that was talking about K-pop and stuff in, on, on Messenger. And when this particular song came out and everybody was super hyped, in my mind, the only thing I could say was the budget was really nice. It had, like, really good scenes. I'm, I'm pretty sure they spent a lot on this. Because when I listened to the song, I really did not like it. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not hating on it and I'm not saying it's a bad song, I know, per this se. song, I remember. <laughs> it should be super obvious. <laughs> 
No, I'm making it super obvious without being super obvious first. But like, if, if I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the title of the song later. But the reason I didn't like the song you wasn't. Know, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I love me, but I was gonna... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm... No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Okay, but the reason we started it was that I didn't really. I wanted to discuss it, but I didn't want to like hate on anyone's parade obviously like if you're enjoying the song like i'm not gonna be the you know the bad person and say oh your music choices suck because i don't think that way one but second we're all entitled to like like what we like but i think we're also as entitled to discuss the things that, like why we don't like them or i mean music criticism is a thing so i chatted yeah. meg <laughs> and i was like hey i'm not really feeling this one <laughs> yeah and i was like i I wanted more, you know. Same same thoughts the man I was like I was the you know the video was was really a spectacle. I mean all of that. And I'm coming from the the perspective of I like her group, I like her as in her specifically, I love her. So I was also very excited for the release, for the video. I was so excited to see what what she would have to offer. So I was coming from there, and it's like you said, we, we need to have space to be able to talk as objectively as we can about music without be, without it being assumed like, oh, you're a hater. Like, no, you know, maybe it's just not my thing. Yun yun. So that's it. That was all it was. And then Benji and I were like, oh, no, but this is how are we going to... We can just talk to each other because we don't want to rain on anyone's parade. Yun. And then the, <laughs> that kind of snowballed into... We should you make a podcast. Yeah, because, you know, it's the <laughs> making a podcast is the younger millennial version of the elder millennials. Let's start a band. So. Oh my so God, that like, is so true. So we're like, let's start a podcast. And then we brought it up and here we are today. You know, if I'm so... being if I'm being super honest here, it's that I'm glad that we got it out. We were going to bring it during our controversial opinions episode, but no, it's perfect because I, I think it, it illustrates the point of how tastes differ even for people that like that, you know, that subgenre of music. But before we continue, I'm so sorry, Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. Like how do you feel like this podcast only started then, because of that song? Are you upset? <laughs> well, I'm happy it started because of that song. Hey, hey, any wait, bad so... press is good press. <laughs> so, well, I realized when we were chatting that you guys weren't really that hyped up about it, but I was happy about it. So, whatever. And as I said before, there was a uh, there. I also had. I felt like it was lacking in a sense, but I still loved it. So. You know, yeah, should, yeah, we, should we name drop the song? No, let's no, no. I'll mention it later. Try, guys, listeners, viewers, try to guess what song we're talking about. If you okay, haven't so gotten it, it, it get so obvious. a photo card from me. Wow. Me. Wait, wait, wait. Are, are, you giving, are you giving them the photo card from that album? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Oscar, Whoa there. Or whichever one. I mean, if you're in the group chat, if you're in the same group chat with us and you're listening, I feel like you guys know what we were talking about also. Yeah. yeah. I remember vividly that comment of yours, wow, the budget must have been really high. I was like, is that all we can talk about? Budget, the budget of the music video. 
Because it was super high budget, it looked super nice, and there yeah, were so many nice transitions. It's like I kind of wish more yeah. more videos were like this, simply because like, like SM what could never. <laughs> <laughs> SM with their boxed man. Like yeah, but wow. but you know respect. I do feel kind of hurt, but respect. I mean, yeah. we all have our own tastes in music. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. I, f- I feel like we've all been there. We've all been there, very excited for something. And then um, when you share it with your friends, like you realize, okay, they're just not as excited as I am. Which is why it's nice to have other people that you can. Why do you think in, we right? made a podcast? Because, like, yeah. a lot of our uh, in real life friends are like, wait, what, what, like, what are you okay. listening to? <laughs> Noted. <laughs> so, like, did yeah. we. Nice. Thank you for being honest. <laughs> did we did we distract from the total topic? Yeah, I think it's still related. <laughs> it's it's tangentially yeah. related. Okay, sorry. I want to say to... something, but then again, it's not really re- related. So whatever. Okay, but no. go on, go on, go on. <laughs> no, nothing. It's just that uh, I just realized when it comes to this that we differ. Like uh, how I didn't like BTS, but I realized it wasn't because of their music per se. It was mm. because of. Therapists, don't cancel us. Mm. <laughs> but... no, no, it, it, it makes complete yeah, sense. It, it, does, it, does. it made Actually, me, it made me realize that I was criticizing them not because of their music or because of their personalities, but mm-hmm. because of their fans. So here I am giving BTS a chance Yay! with Megan's playlist. Just plugging there. She has a BTS playlist wow, on our. Oh, she has a she has a playlist for everything. Well, yes, she okay, does. everything. I still have to make the duck one. Um, <laughs> but Bon, thank you. And and I was I was about to say I'll give it a chance, but I realized no. I I've always liked this group. I mean, even when I wasn't into K-pop, <laughs> I was like I listened to their songs. So so I yun lang. Yeah, I don't know okay. why I started talking. <laughs> so anyway, moving on from that yes. broken oh, heart. That was heavy. <laughs> that was on. so heavy. Deep breaths. Moving on. <laughs> Now, since Bench talked about how he loved girl groups and uh, about how he particularly li- liked it because of the vocals and the melody that girl groups bring to the industry, what about Captain Johanna, Johanna? I mean, for the past few episodes, I think you talked about uh, 21, uh, but I don't really remember you talking about other groups, SNSD. Um, which girl group is the best for you at the moment? Ooh, loaded question. <laughs> you know what? I, I thought we were done with like the heavy topics for I we were just getting started. <laughs> no, this is just like her personal op- opinion, which best which girl, is the best girl group for her. <laughs> you know the thing is, I can't say which one is the best because there are a lot of idol groups, a lot of generations, and I don't think I've listened to enough to say which ones are the best. To be fair, I am very partial to second-gen groups because I started standing during the second generation. So when it comes to like, you know, impact, um, to like the ideas of um, how a girl group should be and stuff like that, what um, groups that come to mind are ones like SNSD, Yes, 21, you know, the, the second-gen groups, Wonder Girls, Heck, even for minute and after school, those are groups that had or, or even FX. You know, they they have different concepts, 
for each group. And they Who is A? <laughs> yeah, the, the, um, they have this quality to them that's particular to that group during that era. Like when you talk about SNSD, you you already have songs that come to mind. Or when you talk about like you know Four Minute or even Twenty One, you have particular songs that you attach to them. So as opposed to you know girl groups now, I'm I'm not really sure. Because there are so many of them. Like after the idol boom, there are so many idol groups that I wish I knew more about. But like there, a lot of them are considered flops even you know before their careers take off and then they just disband quietly. So I don't know. There are a lot of talented people in a lot of talented groups that we don't give enough spotlight to. So I can't say which one's the best. Like, but which one is like your favorite girl group? Hmm. You know, I, I don't really have a favorite, but I have a soft spot for SNSD and 21. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Every time somebody says SNSD, I'm like, I, I got to get into I gotta get into Girls Gen more. <laughs> Girls Gen. Uh, they have a really interesting, you know, discography and like, yeah, how, how they shaped um, girl groups. Wait, no love for FX. It's nice, but the thing is, I wasn't much of a fan when they were um, together, cause I was more into okay. When I started um, being a K-pop fan, I was very into the Twenty One um, corner, let's say, cause you know it. Uh, usually, SNSD and Twenty One were the ones pitted against each other, so I was very firmly in that Twenty One corner. But then, as years got by, I was trying to branch out so i was like okay i'll listen to snsd but the thing is when um because i i even got to listen to comebacks etc but when i wanted to start standing fx they weren't active anymore so i didn't have a lot of content and then with issues surrounding the group i i really i didn't really get into them but avery avery's into as an um fx so if you want to ask her about you know fx she she knows a lot. Avery is one of her friends <laughs> who is also a Mumu. <laughs> Just plugging that in, Mumu. Um, so you talked about how SNSD uh, influenced how girl groups should be. Want to talk more about that? Uh, Man, if, you if, mean? We about, if we talk about these things, it's going to be a really long discussion. But like, okay, so, so the thing with SNSD is that they're, they have, hmm, wait, okay. I so, can give you like one example because I showed a very visual cue for SNSD. Okay. No, the very visual cue I had for SNSD is the concept of having photo cards in your albums. That's true. Because it started with them in like, was it G or O? I don't Game remember. Changer. It started in 2010. Like uh, SNSD had uh, the photo cards. I mean, uh, beforehand, there were albums that had freebies, but they they were the ones who started the you know the photo card and stuff. No, but what I'm thinking about is the concept of girl groups, because like I mean even before in in first gen there were there were uh, different groups like Finkel, SES. They they had their certain um, concepts, but they weren't really firmly on that. Like as opposed to when SNSD started and then. 
the the boom with the agio and the the cutesy concept with G, um, even like the start of their careers with kissing you, etc. So they became the nation's girl group because of how their songs were like, oh, it's cute, it's bubbly, it's it has um. It's an earworm. At the same time, you have dances that you can dance to. And then they presented these personalities that are like girl next door. At the same time, they're both attainable yet unattainable. In a sense, because their personalities were quirky, they were nice, they were people you would meet. But at the same time, with how they're, you know, they're idle. So they're kind of, you know, they're still not attainable. And then you have like... During okay, so during the second gen, uh, there are a lot of variety shows. So there are a lot of idols who went to variety shows. So they, you know, you kind of knew them more. I say it in quotations because you don't really know them. But like they, they have personas that they they are. Okay, so this is the personality of this person, etc. So like, um, the the idea that there's you know the cutesy concept, it's started with SNSD with how, you know, um, the group had this phase of cutesy until, like, I don't know, 2013? I, I don't remember. But, like, the idea. As opposed to, you know, we have 21 that started their career already with a girl crush because they were supposed to be the antithesis to SNSD. So, in that way, they already um, SNSD already affected how, you know, girl groups became. Because, like, Okay, so to be opposed to the cutesy image, let's do girl crush. So um, during the time, because SNSD was thought to be, oh, the pretty girls. Um, 21 was thought to be, oh, they're talented, but they're not that pretty. Even though they have like Sandara Park, etc. Who, you know, but the idea is, okay, they're not that pretty. Hold on, hold yeah, on. They SNSD were... weren't talented? Just colored. Exactly, that's the, what? the thing. It's like the division of how they are. The standard. Okay, let me explain. Oh, here's the thing. Um, SN, um, it's it's a YG agenda that SNSD isn't talented because they were presenting their new idols, the 21, as the you know they're they're more talented than the famous. They, they I don't remember if they really name dropped, but they the idea is they're more talented than the famous girl groups. Shucks. Even though they're not as pretty as them. Because they didn't do plastic surgery and stuff. Like, because the idea was floating around that, you know, um, mm. idols were doing plastic surgery, etc. And then we have SNSD who are really pretty and the standard at the time of girl groups because they were, you know, down to earth, cutie, you know, girl next doors as opposed to, okay, so 21's gonna be the Girl crash, they're gonna be badasses with super, you know, with super talent and stuff, but they're not, you know, as pretty. But they're marketed to be super talented, even though they're not pretty. And then their concept is always badass. Their concept is always girl crash. Their concept is always, you know, I am the best. Even the start, it's like fire. I think one of the only cutie songs they have that come to mind is Lollipop, which is, you know, it was for a collab. Yes, a collab with the Big Bang Big and commercial for a phone. So yeah, I have a know, question about that. Is yeah. is that why SNSD for some reason has like songs like G or um yeah. or Lionheart, but they also came out with The Boys just to like counter it? I think so. In in like because during the start, I, I mean, people correct me if I'm wrong. 
but like during the start of their careers they had like usually the 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 cutesy concept and then later on they that's when they branched out but you know the 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 groups had firm concepts for each that's why they don't intersect so you know the 21 or they were always badass but then later on they branched out with songs like do you love me um i love you etc it's 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 answering itself do you love me i love you but legit though they, they have songs like that that branched out as opposed to their usual um girl crush image at the time so actually as a know, as a casual listener of k-pop for a while and i actually did do that i associated snsd with the cutesy concept and to anyone with the talented but not so pretty girls Yo. so the, the marketing I, actually worked oh. i kind of want to bring I this further have... if you really think about it that's why this prevails even today because even in third gen what happened was that you got your girl crush in blackpink and you got your cutesy in twice yeah, and exactly. it came to the point where TWICE had to even, quote-unquote, branch out into a more mature concept, but people still associate TWICE with cutesy. And even then, that's why now, groups are either, you're either cute or you're either badass. And I feel like that branding in and of itself kind of hurts the, kind of hurts the entire concept of girl groups. And it's so weird that it started with the biggest ones, but I feel like that's what scares people away from the entire genre of k-pop in the first place because it's like oh you're just listening to cute girls you're probably not even listening to the music you just like the way they look or oh are they really badass it's like the whole false dichotomy of creating cute or badass i think really damaged the perception of the industry and it's kind of sad to hear that it still prevails today yeah because like um okay just an intro to our top not we're not going to do the top 12 yet but like we each of us would be choosing three songs each and for this week we decided that the first song would be a cute song an agu song the second one would be a girl crush song and the third one would be a free choice it's like a not cutie not girl crush and we wanted to do that because we wanted to bring up this kind of conversation on how girl groups are being divided into these uh two classifications yeah so that's that's how it is right now like i hope to our listeners who are not yet into k-pop that you wouldn't um stereotype the music as just the music and the group as just girl crush or just cutie just ego because they do have other kinds of songs yeah like actually that's it kind of i i would kind of fell for that kind of trap where in the uh, bench asked are this girl crushes really badasses in real life? I kind of thought at first, and then I started watching their videos, and then I realized, no, oh, they're cutesy. They're so different from their image on the stage and their um, titles, tracks. They're, they're so different from that. So, like, how they're, these people, these idols, they don't just, do not, like, cage them in the description of, their title tracks because they do have other songs in their mini albums and albums that i wish you guys would listen to more so there guys any words yeah for me i want to hear meg speak actually on girl on girl group simply because i i I have a lot to say but like i'm the girl group guy 
Yeah. I want to hear from the biggest army in this uh, in this chat. Yeah, Meg, being a boy stan, being a boy stan. What do you think about girl groups in general and specifically whatever you wanted to say? Just say it. Okay, first of all, I need to say I hate men. So like being <laughs> No, I just have to say I hate men, you know. Yo, like, yo, yo, as the really? as the straight man of this of this of this entire group, men are trash. And I say that yeah. as the as the Thank representative you. for men. Thank you. See the so yeah. So I hate men. So I don't want you guys to think just because I, I don't want the listeners to think just because I stand boy groups. Such that oh man, you know like no, screw them all. It's not that. Maybe you can cut that. But my point is, I am a girl's girl, hundred percent. But um, I guess in terms of listening to music or enjoying music, you know, I've always liked pop, and the the pop that I would listen to. Or that I do listen to even before I got into K-pop, are um, artists who are often criticized by being called too girly, maybe or like girly girls. You know, people like Taylor Swift, Carly Rae Jepsen. Like those are the exact um, people that I like, or that's the exact kind of music that I enjoy. So, in the sense, I guess one would expect that I would stand girl groups hard right or that that's where i'd fall into but it's more a much more casual thing for me like i listen to if you guys make playlists i listen to it or my, my friends i have with other friends they have they just we just dump songs into this one playlist and most of them just dump um girl group songs and i love the songs as in there's a specific mood like you know when i want to feel pumped or happy or or, or bubbly or empowered those are what i go to so terms of the music very much a yes for me i guess if the question is just why i don't go deep into the standing it's one the group that i do stand it's a full-time job to stand them there's so much content to consume that i barely have time to catch up on bts things so it's like it's hard to have time to look into other groups whether girl groups or boy groups um, it's mostly that, but if I'm going into like a more personal thing, uh, I think sometimes it's also, and this is not necessarily, a, or maybe it is also a critique of the industry and not just the K-pop industry, but, um, and not just music in general, but maybe just celebrity culture in general, it's that and also a personal me thing is sometimes it gets tricky for me to stand to a deep level other women because i cannot help but compare myself especially now with the way that the industry you know markets them they're they're meant to be um on the one hand they're meant to seem perfect right literally they're called idols so in terms of looks and um weight the way they dress everything right that's supposed to be the standard and then on the other hand sometimes they also release like other kinds of content, maybe from variety shows or from their daily life that's supposed to make them more relatable. And that helps too. But on the other hand, there's also the feeling of, okay, so they can do both. They can be both fun and relatable, but they're also perfect. So um, it's also just a me thing, uh, like uh, maybe a self-esteem thing. Sometimes that get that messes with me a bit. So maybe that's another one of the reasons why it's just when I haven't gotten into standing them as much yet. But if it's just in terms of the music or even just the the concepts like music videos or you know what even when i watch unboxings of albums a lot on on youtube just yesterday i was last night i was watching an unboxing of 
crazy in love <laughs> BTS album. It's like their albums are so cute and um I don't know if maybe it's different for boy groups, maybe the concepts, but I just love their look bench holding up an album. So that's another thing. I'm Do like, you want to segue into that? Like I know we have a serious discussion, <laughs> but that's a perfect segue actually. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, let's segue into that. Like, look, take ben a break. Then just hold We're gonna up do an, an unboxing video. So I'd, I'd like to see the inclusions, cause I mean, you know, oh my God, we're, not, we're not telling you to buy albums if you don't want to. But I'm just saying, as someone who enjoys collecting things, man, when I see the concepts and then the contents <gasps> and inclusions of girl group albums, it's so <gasps> that's so me. Okay, Ayan let's go. Na. Go, you go, know, go, go, oh, go, go, in, in, go. there's a perfect talk there. There's a lot to unpack with your statement, and I really want to address mm. it. But you already brought up this thing about Unboxing content, items. so we're gonna un- go unbox this uh, Reve Festival Day Two album. So first of all, <laughs> what what I saw first is this travel kit, and the nice thing about this travel kit is this travel kit has a Polaroid of Yeri. It was kind of cute. Ooh. I'm not a, I'm not a Yeri stan, but I, I I love her, but she's not my bias. But like, it's cute, man. And what's inside this box is a. Uh, Let's see. I'm so scared of unboxing because I feel like people will judge like, "Oh, you're you're harming your merchandise," and I'm like, "Uh." So there's a luggage tag that's Yeri. Oh. This is a weird segue, but yeah, we did it. I don't know what this is, but it's it. This is a travel kit. Yo, I need to sleeve this. It's a Polaroid. Yes. Yo, dude, it. this has a lot of stuff. I'm so happy with this. I'm gonna go sleeve this after we do our thing. Um. I, I'm not sure if I can wait, but I have to. <laughs> we have to record, guys. Uh, let's see. There's a sticker booklet. There's an art, uh, Reve Festival card. I think that's pretty sweet. Cute. Uh, there's some Polaroids. And there's some stickers. So, on Polas, we got... Yo, this is like a lot of inclusions. I'm actually super happy. Like, a lot of stickers and Polaroids. I'll take pictures of them later, but yeah. We got Polaroids. Yes! One of my favorite songs from the album, Oompa Oompa and Carpool also. Those are two really good songs from this. And later we can talk about like girl groups and songs. I think that that's super crucial to the discussion. Okay. Okay, so I got... I didn't get Shadow Rain, um, sad face, but I did get a Yeri card. And the nice thing about having a Yeri card is this is my first one. I've, I haven't had a Yeri card yet, so... I'm one step closer to completing everybody. Irene, come on! Come home! <laughs> Come home! And of Uy, course, the booklet. Well, it might be a nice segue to know that I actually did buy a set of like legit cards recently. And yeah, photo books. <laughs> Speaking of photo books. <laughs> Speaking of photo books. The chaos that is. In the chaos that. In today's video, there is a confession. <laughs> Wait! <gasps> oh my gosh! Go! In today's episode of chaotic, today's episode <laughs> of chaotic crazy girl me, Queen Bonisa. This has like a lot of inclusions. I'm super happy. Like oh, this I... is amazing. Like this I did is... not destroy. dude. This is some of the Moment. most inclusions. I'm so sorry. This is some of the most inclusions in an RV album ever. They barely do this. <laughs> So like the fact that they have stuff, They're I'm like, oh you. my gosh! I'm so happy for you, dude. I swear, if you're an RV stan, like they they Buy barely that. have anything. They barely have anything in their albums. It actually it's kind of sad. So like RVF2 actually has a lot of things. I'm super happy, but you know this is a good question. What do you do with your stuff, Yvonne? 
<laughs> so yes, me. So well, I don't think it's wrong, but like the Maknez, like Meg and Benj think it was wrong for me to cut up a photo book. Not only a photo book, I cut two photo books. I cut out a picture of Ayu and I cut out a picture of Lisa. I, no, of Jisoo. Just because they were nice pictures and I wanted them on my wall. So <laughs> I cut it and put them on my wall. That's it. Look, you can do whatever you want on your albums. Yes. Like seriously, there's nothing wrong with doing whatever you want. It's just it just pains yeah. me to know that. It it, it made them cringe. Because it's ex I mean one, it's expensive. But like the other thing is also like I don't know, like there's a lot of high quality stuff in that book, so if you just cut it, like maybe I mean it's paradoxical. It is high quality, that's why you want to display it. But for me yes. it's it's so high quality that I don't want to mess with it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I wanted them on my wall, so yeah, yeah. That, the yeah. wall they go. You know, I guess yeah, you do you. Because you know some yes. people I guess to some people it's ridiculous. Or parang, wow, you, you go through so much lengths to to store and keep these like if it's a photo card or something that you don't get to enjoy them quote unquote because you don't see them so maybe that yeah. seems like it doesn't make sense to other people on the other hand you got other people like what you actually hang it on your wall you don't yes. keep it in you don't, you don't put it, it in, in a binder yeah you don't put it in pvc free sleeves so that the paper doesn't you know so you know what everyone you do you if it's you do you do what yeah. makes you happy guys you do you this it is me validating me, but... listeners who cut up their photo books yeah i'm in so much pain hearing that i swear it's, I it's so painful one, hearing that still... i send them photos because it makes them she cringe did. and that that makes it ha that makes it more fun that for makes me, her happy so. can you believe yeah. it well since we're uh but yeah, since we were on that topic, I actually kind of wanted to, to segue away from unboxings. I actually kind of wanted to touch on this point by Meg on like the perfect perception of, mm. of girl groups. I feel yes. like as an industry, that is also something that I dislike, even as someone who loves girl groups. And mm -hmm. I know it's aside from the, well, the very obvious thing is that whenever I want to watch a performance, like you want to watch them perform. But because of like the needed perfection of the industry that these people will always be perfect mm -hmm. and the merciless, you know, antis that will just bash anybody for like even so much as making a small mistake. I barely get to see live performances anymore. Like a lot of the pre a lot of the shows that I, I watch for music shows, they barely do lives. It's always pre-recorded. Yeah. And I know that they do still kind of sing. But and like, but the fact that it has to be perfect, it has to sound like the studio, kind of removes the illusion of it all. It's like the irony is in the search of perfection, it becomes imperfect simply because like you know that they're not really singing or they're not yeah. fully singing at all, and it pains me because especially I listen to them because of their voices, and maybe it's a COVID precautions thing like they have less people so they have like less time to train or whatever or I don't know I don't know why recently but. I feel like the fact that everybody has to be perfect means that we're not going to get so many live performances. And it's kind of weird because that's kind of the appeal. These people can sing and dance at the same time. And I'm not saying it's easy. Obviously, like stability and things like that. These are very difficult things to achieve. And that's why your idols train for upwards to five, seven, ten years to perfect the art of looking like an idol and being an idol. It's just... Mm -hmm. Because the industry needs to be super perfect, and because the fans will mock you if you don't have a good encore, then they don't even try. Or the, the labels, the companies don't want them to. 
because anybody can just be bashed for oh you don't really sing re- that well and anybody who's a real fan of any of, of any group like and this is where i want to disown fans that say oh this group can't sing it's like well one they can sing better than you but the second thing that i want to <laughs> say is the second thing about that is even if they can't sing well all the time because obviously they have to memorize the choreography and dude like if you're gonna dance and sing at the same time hell talking right now is like <laughs> giving me a hard time can you imagine singing and dancing at full volume dancing at the same time yeah. i mean yeah. and even then like i don't care if they're not perfect but like the fact that they made this in the first place means that they do deserve to be there so if you're the type of fan that says oh they can't really sing live i mean i'm not saying it's not their job to sing live but like you're the reason why we don't hear them sing live anymore you're the reason why a lot of idols have a hard time performing live because they'll always get criticized for it and it makes me sad as a fan of girl groups because i love hearing them sing and if they can't yeah. do that then it kind of hurts mm-hmm. well i had can a question just... in mind okay. oh, yeah go joe go joe go ahead no, no, no. can i just say that that's a perfect segue like the, the idea of a perfect idol is such a it's such a good segue to the idea of commodification of idols like especially the, the female idols because like bro that's the that's a perfect segue like we say this as we literally mm-hmm. unbox an album with like photo cards which is like the yeah. physical embodiment of commodification Damn. yes exactly <laughs> like the, the the idea of an idol is you know to have this perfect i i, I go quote, quote again because like there are different kinds of perfect idols, but like the idea that they're you know available and well for okay so for female idols they have the um, bubble, <laughs> lysn. Wait, they have the more difficult task of being you know available, sexual yet pure. Right, like one hundred percent yes that. Exactly, like. I don't know if I'm saying it's right. Okay, so to you are. This, I understand. Okay, I so understand what you mean. This, I want to say that I am in no way a an expert. I only know a few things. Like, okay, I'm not a I'm not an expert in the industry. I'm not an expert in sociology or whatever. But I, I just have these ideas in mind, and these are just ideas we have. So they do not represent, you know, everyone else's idea. But like, you know, the idea of also, by the way, I have anxiety, so if I rumble and, like, talk in circles, just let me know. Or, you know, cut it out or just stop listening to me. Either way. No, okay. just go ahead. Go. <laughs> Say it. Okay, so, you know how idols are supposed to be perfect? Um, What comes to mind is the idea of how um femininity is in the K-pop industry. It's like, okay, so, with the idols, you have... The idea of doing gender, if if you guys have heard of it. I'm not sure if I, I understand it correctly, but the idea of doing gender is that gender is a social construct um that that is um that is accomplished through interaction. And like there are expectations that you have to adhere to to be known as, you know to be in the femininity side or in the masculinity side. So, like, the idea of gender is they have to embody something. So, like, in, 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 in you know, 
a lot of the entertainment industries. This is why we have the the um we have the the pretty ones because they're supposed to embody the ideal of what a woman is supposed to be. So usually our idols, our celebrities are pretty. They're they're thin. They're slim. They're you know those things. And then we have um the idea of how these idols are seen. Like, a lot of times, the concept of male gaze is thrown around. But I think it is a very important topic to talk about when it comes to entertainment industry, especially with idols. So, um, I don't know which one I, wish I should start with. Wait. <laughs> we can talk about... I'm we can talk about the fact that like your idols are supposed to be perceived as like very available and very pure so the moment that somebody comes out that they're dating someone oh they're cancelled or like yeah so 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 when we talk about that's that's part of the male gaze so when we talk about idols especially the female idols they're stuck in this you know box of how um they're supposed to be this is because um the idea is that their audience, their intended audience, is supposed to be heterosexual males. So, like, they're supposed to be, you know, they're supposed to embody either the traditional concept of womanhood or a hybrid concept of womanhood to appeal to men. I mean, honestly, I'm not saying that they do all this just to appeal to men. Maybe they they want, you know, they want to sing, they want, but the, but the powers that be and you know the entertainment industry this is how it works like the intended audience for for example for an mv or a variety show usually the you know the visual aspect of it the the idea is the the men they control it so the men are the audience thus thus women are supposed to be thin they're supposed to be pretty they're supposed to have they're supposed to be docile and submissive and innocent yet sexual at the same time so it's a complicated thing and how like how you're supposed to be a virgin yet you know it's it's weird so so <laughs> yo can i just point out something kind of ironic i know that the topic is supposed to be like power pop girls but because of this pervasive you know ideology that it's it is catered towards this the way that the world works the episode about girl groups failed the Bechdel test, guys. Ah, uh, <laughs> I know. Oh, true. That's, that's true. But the thing, though, is um, the Bechdel test is just the, you know, the, the bare minimum. Yes, yeah, the jumping off about. point. So, like, yes, exactly. So, like, if we do not talk about the male gaze, then what are we going to talk about when we talk about femininity in K-pop? True. Jo, can I just um, say so we're talking about how strange it is that they have to be pure but also sensual. It's like um, there's that that trope. Who coined this trope? Um, the born sexy yesterday trope. Yeah, exactly. mm. yes. right. Um, oh, I think this was coined by, or at least I first learned about this trope because of a video that pop culture detective made on YouTube. So it's mm. and we're talking about it in the context of girl groups or k-pop idols female k-pop yeah. female idols but um what a pop culture detective talks about is you see it even in films and a lot of female characters for example um well recently i guess in the first wonder woman film i know that was 
marketed to be a very empowering film. And in a lot of ways, it was. People were empowered by it. But when you think about how um, Diana Prince is portrayed, you know, on the one hand, she's very knowledgeable. She's so smart. She's so beautiful, obviously. But at the same time, part of her appeal to men, the way that she appeals to the male gaze, is she's so clueless about the world, right? She doesn't know, how does this work? What should I wear? What should I do? So that's parang what that trope is. And I... I Um, even with my limited knowledge of K-pop, from what you're saying, Joe, I'm starting to see uh, there's a point to that. On the one hand, they're supposed to look um, so very conventionally attractive, right? Even their proportions and all of that. But at the same time, they have to embody such an innocence. Like, oh, I, I don't know things. Maybe, oh, you know, ganyan. and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that innocence or with either. If, if that's who you are, obviously, that's fine. But the idea lang na Um, it's being done to cater to a male gaze. That's just the fact that it's not exactly genuine on their part. Yeah, and that or it maybe is actually manufactured on them, manufactured by the yes. manufactured by the by their labels or their. Think of the ultimate irony of like their songs are usually about like you know relationships and love or crushes, but they're not allowed to actually. Date. They're not allowed. To <laughs> Yeah. So like, like and I don't want to be like the delusional fan, right? That says, "Oh no, we have a chance, guys! Come on!" First of all, none of us do. Mm-hmm. They don't even know we exist. So let's drop it. <laughs> but the second thing is like, do I really trust the credibility of a person that sings this? But they're explicitly not allowed to engage in these activities. It's like, True. then where's the where's the music coming from? Where's the soul coming from, guys? And True. I feel like this standard that you know, unfortunately, we're a part of. And it's like I love girl groups, but I completely understand if the industry is tainted because a lot mm-hmm. of industries are. But that's kind of why, for me, through it all, that's still why I stand. Like despite the fact that this exists, there's still a lot of real talent out there that we should really be standing. There's a lot of real voices, a lot of real dancers, a lot of people. Like at the end of the day, even if we, even if commodification exists, there's still people who had dreams of being idols. Yeah. There's still very mm-hmm. talented people. Who really do deserve the attention. So despite the fact that this exists, I feel like it's still important to recognize that, you know what? Screw the male gaze. They're here to stay. They're not doing this for you, even if the industry tells them to. And it's kind of an indictment that the fact that the three big industries are actually named after males. <clears throat> And are controlled <laughs> by males. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, sorry, I had a bad cough. I don't know if anybody heard that. No, I didn't say anything, but... But yeah, it's it it happens and it's reflective of I would I don't want to say a general society but yeah, a society but above all else, it's rise above misogyny, rise above all of that and just recognize that hopefully we can look I mean we can't look past it, we can't forget it, but we can still support them without supporting the terrible system that they're a part of. I think we talked about it the other day, like on the the division of ego and girl crush and how the ego actually is made to cater to men whereas the girl crush is supposed to cater to women fans so okay. what's your take on this ben so okay here's the thing i mentioned a while ago the idea of doing gender and how you know it's a construct on how you know interaction And adhering to expectations of you know being women, being feminine, and whatever. So I think the idea of um, girl crush and cutesy 
both adhere to the idea of doing gender. Both adhere to the idea of um, the expectations of femininity. The thing, though, is that the cutesy concept is the more traditional one. And I say traditional because this is how, um, you know, women stand in society as of the moment, which is we have a position, you know, the, the men, they're supposed to be, you know, they're the ones at, to at the top. And, uh, you know, women are subordinate to them in position in society. So um, the cutesy concept is one that upholds this very blatantly as you know the these songs are the ones that talk about you know um the 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 women's appearance you know putting on makeup doing your hair waiting to be noticed by the man being yeah that's the thing being submissive and docile and waiting to be pursued even though you want you know to be with someone and stuff like that um even though you're interested in someone you have to wait that's the idea with the, you know, the, the lyrics and then, you know, the cutesy concept. As opposed to Girl Crush, you know, you say that Girl Crush is supposed to appeal to women. For me, I mean, maybe yes. But the thing though is it still embodies a type of femininity that, um, how do I say this without offending anyone? They embody a femininity that does not threaten the gender order in society. I say that, I say that, why? Because, um, you know, you know, um, girl crush concepts, they, they have, you know, the, the confidence, the swag, the, you know, they're supposed to be the empowered, etc. But the thing though is how you, how they're presented in the camera, like how you see them visually, um, how you, if you listen to their lyrics, they're still talking about their oppa, they're still talking about love and stuff, you know, kill this love, etc. Because they're seen as femme fatales, correct me if that's the correct pronunciation, which essentially, how they're framed essentially um, neutralizes the, the idea of the confident, empowered person that they're supposed to be. So what happens is that they don't intrude into the realm of masculinity because they're framed as they're still sexual beings, you know, for the consumption of the male audience, I guess. So, you know, that's my take on it. Either Wanna... way, whichever place in the spectrum the, the female idols are, they're still being commodified and, you know, I, yeah, the I think pleasure of men. Siguro, that's the key. It's not that either that either concept or that any of the concepts are wrong per se because like if that's a reflection of 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 women of people you know if you are cutesy if you're like bubbles from the power of girls that's fine there's nothing wrong with that on the other hand if you aren't like that if you're not so into the feelings the softness and stuff like that that's also fine and that's valid so i think what we're trying to get at is that the problem is not the concepts or how they are. It's the fact that it's maybe enforced upon them. They don't have much agency. These aren't maybe even as far as making the music, making the art. Maybe they don't get to have much input in that. It's not their choice, what they, what they wear, what they create, what they produce. So diba? maybe that's one of the key things. It's like for, for, for women, maybe in the real world, you can be who you are. It's 
it's fine. You know, it's your choice, right? But in in this sense, it's like if it's not their choice, that's where the difficulty yeah. lies. I mean, the female artists particularly do not have a say on how their music comes about. There's a particular artist who we all think like can sing. I mean, she sings well in their songs and things, but it's not the vibe. I don't think it's the genre that would have fit with her if she chose, if she had the chance to choose um, the music that she would be selling to the world. And I think that they're in this group to adhere to the concept that is given to them. The individuals themselves cannot choose what to portray, what to be, what kind of music they want. They're forced to adhere to this, um, to what society, to what sells basically to society, to what would satisfy the fans. At the risk of sounding like I'm mansplaining, I, I want to preface, I don't want to, right? Obviously, like, as, 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 as the guy in this conversation, I really do just want to like build on your points and not like override them because i feel like that's what the industry does to you know in general but i feel like what i really took away from this is subversion to an expectation is still adhering to the expectation and it's the fact that the subversion exists means that there is still an expectation you're just not subverting it enough to go against it you're just like oh you're just different from it but I think the bigger picture for me as part of the problem, and I will willingly admit, we are part of the problem here. It's that I feel like the fact that since you did commodify two sides of femininity, either the subversion of tradition or tradition itself, it's still at the end of the day commodification. You're still selling the idea of what feminine is. Um, the only thing I really want to build on is that if it really is truly about empowerment, then I really feel like the labels are damaging as to the industry and to the women themselves and we know that they're more than just that label of either cutesy or girl crush and the music is more than just agio or girl crush so i really do feel like this artificial split that we created because that's what the industry is is what's preventing not just fans from really understanding what the music is going to be better like but from the artists who really want to represent themselves and i really feel like that's why while a lot of people identify a lot with the subversion of expectations or girl crush. I also feel like we can't diminish the um, the artistry of the women who don't go there also. And even if you do agio or even if you do cutesy, I don't even think you're doing it just because you want to appeal to people. I think it's because that's the artistry that you want to portray. So for me, I wish that the industry was better, but since it's not, it's up to us as fans to be better. It's up to us to really just identify that they're not, they're more than just what they present. And their artistry is not supposed to be just boxed into appealing to males this way or the other way if they want to be empowered by being empowered as girl crush perfect but if they want to feel empowered by doing traditional feminine things that's also not on us to say they're not empowered they are and the only thing stopping them from being empowered really is us to be fair i, I agree naman but to be fair I, I just tend to not like putting that kind of pressure or kind of burden on the consumers. I mean, we have so much power, obviously, right? But, um, but I just feel like, um, look at us. Like, we're, we ourselves deal with the, the moral dilemma of all of this, of consuming all of this. But at the same time, and, and 
it's important to know that we do have power, right? Consumers have power if we choose to boycott certain things or not support certain things. It also pushes for change, right? Look at and not just in this industry, just in general. But at the same time, it's really systemic, you know. So so it's like it's difficult to to figure out that balance of enjoying what we're consuming and you know and enjoying the things that we like but also understanding there's a system that needs to be dismantled so i'm just saying this just so that we don't carry so much guilt with us for for enjoying these things because like it's hard to be like oh no i i want to support these people but at the same time supporting them giving my money to their company means that they still continue to be treated however they're treated if for example it's not fair i mean no i completely agree with you on that i think it's really just you know, like the sins of whatever they're a part of shouldn't continue mm. to punish them as they're already yeah. being punished. So if like we can support them as like stands, then as long as we're just supporting them and we're not just blindly supporting the evil industry, if we're yeah, really just we in it for the people, it, right? Yeah. Right? And no, I, it's a big mm, no ethical consumption under capitalism, <laughs> right? <laughs> but that's why you, i feel like wow. even if it feels like we're not doing much by just talking about it we are the i mean, no, even just I mean having the it, conversation and being aware deal. of it is the first step yeah and Actually, a, lot, a lot of people go to there right yes this podcast made me realize because i've been casually listening to k-pop for a long time but i did not like delving into these kinds of things like Mm -hmm. the problems in the k-pop industry and this podcast gave me a chance to actually learn Mm -hmm. more about it and to actually you know just knowing about it would make me more um a better fan in a sense the word yeah Mm -hmm. because i guess you know you can't just stop supporting them they do need the support we can give them so especially if it brings you joy but yeah i mean if it makes you happy yeah. it brings you joy do, do, <laughs> do you things joy. that make you happy but don't harm yeah. anyone in the process yeah plus i feel like there's a difference between you know okay supporting these groups that we like that just so happens that the industry they're part of there are many problems that's different from like supporting certain artists or people who yeah or i know i mean supporting different artists or people who like i'm thinking of the western music industry or not even even here who they themselves have done harm have done bad things wrong this is the for me this is the western equivalent of it it's like saying liking old taylor swift is supporting scooter braun yes (laughs) so it's not right that's not how it works so yeah yeah, I, I guess it's just important that we know that difference because I feel like some people might use it an excuse, as an excuse. They're like, oh, I'm just enjoying the music I like. And then it turns out the person whose music they're supporting, maybe they're, maybe they're an abuser. You know, maybe they've done something. We're like, yeah, right. So we're like, no, and there, there it's, are also, it's also recognition that the idols themselves, when we hold them to a standard of perfection and the one moment that they screw up, then oh we unstand or oh we cancel them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like while there are things that you cancel what? Sorry. No, there's a line between having yeah. there's the a idol, difference, Deba. Yeah. Idol making a mistake and trying to understand them and supporting them. And also, you know, supporting someone that's technically yeah. a criminal already. There's yeah. a line. Yeah. You, you have I mean, to there's... tread that line carefully. 
Yeah. I mean, it's knowing that the line exists is, I think, the yeah. first step. It's a big thing. Like, yeah. Instead of if like, oh, standing, they did something bad, cancel. If if yeah. you're standing someone who does not even feel remorseful about what wrong they did, that's, I think that's something you have to think twice about. Versus someone who did something and then apologizes sincerely for it. I mean, and learns something from it. That, and learns from it. That's something that you could actually learn from so yeah. I guess it's just how we paint this idols to be someone that you have to follow you just have to be wiser in choosing who to learn from basically can I just yeah. say this became like our first heavy controversial episode I know yes, this, this is not, like, this not what we planned this is not to be a controversial episode and here it but, is yeah, but these discussions need to happen they're important. Can, They're very uh, important. Can I also surprise listeners? Can I also make the distinction like sometimes the things, oftentimes the things that I feel idols get canceled for are ridiculous. You know, like if they if they date someone, right? Or simple as if they have tattoos. If you're a woman and suddenly apparently you have tattoos, it's a big deal. It's like. You know, these things na parang people are like, oh, you tricked us, blah, blah, blah. And it's like... Idols can get cancelled for reading feminism books. See, no, idols can get cancelled for saying for saying that they're feminists. They could get cancelled. It's like, oh, thing, those are the that things is na parang, this is, is, this, this is not it. This is not it. Diba? Yeah. yeah. That's not even something they should apologize for. It's not something they should have to apologize Especially because Namjoon read the same book. I know. And yet, diba? Did, oh, but there's, oh, are we going into that? The difference in the treatment <laughs> of boy, we boy could, groups and we girl could. groups? If, now, right now, right now, right now, like, right not now? Pre- we're not. I'm not prepared. I'm but, not prepped either. Yeah, we, we, we're that, that can be. Episode. Yeah, that can be a I'm different discussion. But guys, but, I'm I'm really happy that instead of like I don't know what to talk about and like we had like generic <laughs> cookie cutter things to talk about, we actually talked about something real. And yeah, to be fair, this is how our conversations tend to go yeah. even when we just meet up and we're over a cup of yeah. coffee or something yeah. so if anybody it's... was expecting a very light uh, a very light uh, you know discussion about like our favorite girl groups honestly <laughs> I thought we were going there <laughs> but I'm glad we didn't because yeah. we can always do it some other time True. again I am sorry no no no, 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 not... no don't be no, never, never be sorry for something like that yeah, yeah, it's this is important. It's why we made this podcast in the first place. Aside from a safe space to gush about the things that we like about K-pop, we're here to discuss about the deeper things that is K-pop I feel like related. We would be cancelled because of all the time. Eddie, cancel us. Go, go, cancel True. us. Yeah. These are things that we stand by. Yeah, like, look. Really? If, so if, if if you think it's problematic, then I'm not sure if you should be looking at us or the mirror. True. No. Yeah, true though. So, let's go. <laughs> so you want to talk about it, you want to go to the next segment. Well, now we're for, still going to talk uh, about them anyway. Now, for me, I, guess, I think that we can we, we can preface this by saying we can always do a part two on like the, the good things about the girl groups. Yeah, um, yeah. Or, and I, I'm, I would very much love that discussion, but I feel like for us to be able to properly have a discourse about girl groups we have to understand the insidious nature of the industry that put them yes. there like it's True. it's an acknowledgement that it exists and we can enjoy and support them but we have to understand that the system is there against them yeah. yes so <sighs> i guess wow that's that was very uh, a conversation that i did not expect 
mm-hmm. I came here moderating this thing supposedly with this, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> and we talked about things that we didn't really think we were going to talk about, but we did anyway. But if so, I, I do actually want to do the episode about girl groups and gushing on them, so we will, we will do that. Yeah, Some we other will time. do that on another time. Some other time. <laughs>